0: welcome to the freedom factor i'm your host oliver bardwell and our guest today is co-founder of moms for liberty tina deskovich And we're gonna talk about Moms for Liberty and an incredible event that they have coming up this week in Iowa, no less. Thursday, February 2nd, 7 p.m. at the Franklin Junior High Event Center. So welcome, Tina.
1: Thanks, Oliver. I am excited uh, to be flying into Iowa on Wednesday to meet with our five chapters we have in Iowa and all of you great people out there.
0: So your, your chapters here are pretty amazing.
1: I would have to agree.
0: They're hardworking and we're, we're on the same team over here. We work together quite a bit.
1: It's good to hear they need a support system. You know, most of them are just moms, never really been involved in politics or trying to make this type of change before in their communities. So thank you for supporting them.
0: Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, you know, it's so important right now that we all stand together, especially in this fight for the innocence of our children. 100%. So I heard the governor's gonna be there, is that true?
1: Yeah, we're very excited. Uh, we've been able to gather up a lot of important people in your state to have a real discussion about education, it's kind of a series of town halls that we've been doing around the country. We go in where we have chapters that have been working hard on education. And uh, Iowa was front and center, especially with the act that was just signed by your governor last week. And so um, we've got the governor coming out to kick off the event. It starts at 7 p.m., like you said. And then following the governor, we'll have Corey DeAngelis, uh, who is a school choice champion speaking. And then after that, I'm going to moderate a panel. And we've got several of your state senators and um, of your House members there several from the education committees, to talk about issues that are facing uh, Iowa right now in public education. And then after that, we really just open it up to the public. We'll have some microphones out in the audience. We'll let the public ask questions. Uh, and your representatives have agreed to, to listen and to discuss some of these issues. So it's really, a, it's gonna be a powerful evening that I hope everyone can join us.
0: Yeah, it sounds, it sounds really exciting. Uh, we plan on being there and bringing as many of our members as we can the students first act passing was a huge deal. Tuesday, I think at 9:30 a.m., we have a subcommittee meeting on SF85 which talks about castle and getting castle out of our out of our school systems.
1: Are your listeners familiar with castle and all of the the problems there?
0: You know, we've put out several blog posts on castle, deep dives into it. Uh, Deb Feldman used one of our blog posts on our show to teach our viewers about Castle. Um, it's been pretty insidious and it's been hard to really kind of hard to combat because they have such a good sales pitch.
1: Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want kids to feel good and feel good about themselves and feel good about other kids and be full of love and peace and happiness. I mean, you slap that label on anything that's insidious and it's very hard to push back against it. You know, it's one of the reasons we started Moms for Liberty is we Tiffany and I, both our former school board members here in Florida were the co-founders. And what we saw going on in public education, we saw all this starting up and what was happening, and it was very concerning to us. It's very hard to sound the alarm, but we knew if we could convey what was going on to moms around the country, that they would not stand for it any longer, they would have to stand up and speak out. And we knew that the face of a mother was a little bit of a softer edge. People are always like, why didn't you name it Parents for Liberty? And I thought this is going to be this is the, fighting this kind of stuff is going to take it's like precision, you know, like a precision measurement tool. It's going to take it's going to take the face of a mom, I feel like to lead the charge on this. And so that's the way that's the reason we named our organization Moms for Liberty.
0: Well, and I want to speak to that for a second. We have a group called Islands for Freedom. And we started up right around probably the same time you guys, when they started to try to mask our kids and we're closing schools, et cetera. What I've noticed is 76% of our members are women and you have, you know, Moms for Liberty and the Mama Bears. And, and it seems like mothers have really stepped up. Do you, I mean, do you have any ideas for why that is?
1: Because this war has been going on for decades, but it's just now coming to the the line where they're coming for our kids and moms are busy you know they're focused in most of them are focused in on their families or their jobs but a lot of times their families and raising their kids and doctor's appointments and soccer practice and all of the things but then they came for our kids i mean they shut them out of school they tried to force a mask on them vaccine mandates you name it and then when the lessons were piped in and the mom was at the dining room table going through the lessons with the kids and they saw eyes on what was happening they couldn't be quiet they absolutely just couldn't be quiet so that that's my theory on why so many moms are, are front and center in this fight
0: well i've been talking to a lot of dads about it too trying to get more men involved and and one of the things we discuss is why is it that men are less vocal they're still involved you know but more as a quiet force in the background why aren't they why aren't as many stepping forward
1: I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think men have been silenced, uh, you know. And if if I can be bold enough to say, straight white men have been silenced for quite a while now. Uh, you're not really allowed to have an opinion. You're the oppressor for a very long time. And I and I don't. I'm not saying that from my opinion, but just how the the world view is right now. And I think uh, today's men, especially the younger ones, younger dads. Uh, I don't think that they feel like they can. I, don't, I think they feel like intimidated almost. They haven't been raised in a way that um, they can claim their manhood. I know I know that sounds a little ridiculous, but it's very unfortunate. Um, the other side to that is they are traditionally men feel like they're still the breadwinner for the family. And right now, uh, if you speak out, you're being canceled. Uh, people are losing their jobs. A lot of our moms have lost their jobs. They are now going after their husbands also. And so there's there's a lot of things to take into account of why men are a little bit more silent. The last thing I'll say about that: some of these issues, uh, as you know, as you're digging in, are very sexual in nature, and um, we're talking about children and predators and sexualizing our kids. And you know, when you read the books, again, coming from a mom's and a mom's voice and a mom's face, talking about. Um, these sexual things that they're trying to push on their children, it has a different tone than a dad getting up there and reading a sexual book at a, at a school board meeting. So not that I don't think dads need to be involved 100%. We have some dads that actually lead cha- moms for liberty chapters. We have one in South Carolina. I just met him last week when I was there who's leading a chapter there, and he does a great job. Um, we welcome dads in our organization and we want them. But some of these issues um, just seem to be kind of tailored for the voice of a mother to fight.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Let me ask you this: Did you see the lookbook that the Polk County Moms for Liberty put out?
1: Yeah, I've seen. I mean, they sent me a copy of it. I have it, not the hard copy. I've just kind of seen what they pulled together. It's the same information all across the country, but they have pulled it together um, and showed specifically which schools in Iowa it's in. I think it's very powerful.
0: I was interviewing uh, Helena Hayes, one of our legislators, the other day, and I was going to pull it up on our screen and show it, but I realized I couldn't because it was so graphic. I don't understand how a parent or anyone could label someone a book banner that doesn't want their kids to see that material.
1: I think some of these people truly have not seen the material when we can't show it because it's so explicit. Like you can't put it up on the screen. We can't show it on the news. We put it on social media. It gets flagged as obscene here in Florida. Uh, We had two moms that were put on a a committee to work with the DOE to help training um, our librarians on how to vet some of these books. And are you ready for this? They were sending the committee, like 12 people on the committee, and the DOE had uh, some screenshots of concerns that they have of books they have found in Florida schools. And the DOE's filters, guess what? Blocked it because right. it was inappropriate for their employees to see, and yet people on that committee were fighting to keep the books in schools. So I think there's some people really that just cannot comprehend how bad it is. They're like, "Oh, they're just talking about sex. That's yeah, that's not a problem." I started carrying these books around with me. I open them up and show people when they say that to me, like, "Why are you trying to?" And I just, "Here you go. Take a look." And it's always jaw dropping. I can say one more thing about this. One thing I love about your governor maybe a year ago. This is when I was first like, who is that governor? I think it was like a year ago. She did an interview with local press there and they were saying something like, oh, the books really aren't that bad. And I watched her. She just, she had it in her lap. She opened it up and she just started reading. And I'm like, yeah, that's my kind of leader. Show it to them.
0: She's pretty awesome. She's got some backbone. That's for sure. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. We do too. We want to keep her in office. (laughs) She's leading the charge. Um, I saw her earlier in the fall and she told me education is number one, this session and she's proving it.
1: I, that is music to my ears as a former school board member that watched for a very long time, like presidential primary debates, you know, all these high end politics watching them. And I, I started keeping a tally of how often they talked about education on the Republican or conservative side. Never, never once in a blue moon, anything it was school choice but never real issues. And it used to frustrate the heck out of me. I am so grateful that education is front and center for governors like uh, like Governor Reynolds, like Governor DeSantis here in Florida. Uh, we need all governors looking at education as their number one issue.
0: So we have a bill coming up. I think the subcommittee is at noon. I think it's SF 83, and it's modeled after, although I don't love the title, Don't Say Gay Bill, it's modeled after that. Ours is, I think it's K through eighth grade is the age range on that.
1: So that's not the name of the bill. It's the parental rights and education bill.
0: There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: and our, our chapters here played a huge part in getting that across the finish line. As you know, it's K through three. But this year, our chapter's legislative committee actually is proposing that someone sponsors a bill for K through eight because.
0: Third grade's too young. I mean, they're, they're just learning that Santa Claus isn't real. So in fourth grade, they should be able to talk about Choosing their gender?
1: In classroom instruction. You know, that bill got claims it does a lot of things it didn't do, but the number one thing it did was just keep classroom instruction, not discussions. You know, they were like, Well, what if Susie has two mommies? She can't talk about her two mommies. Well, little Susie can mention her two mommies. That is not a problem. But the teacher cannot teach Susie that she can be a boy or a girl, neither or both, and that on Tuesday she could be a boy and Wednesday a girl and she can flip back and forth. That's what we're protecting them from. They're just too young, too impressionable.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's something that uh, should definitely not be broached at that age. And if it's going to be talked about, it should be with the parent. I want to share something with you. You guys have got a lot of backlash, and I wonder if that just means you're doing the right thing and you're doing a good job. I was reading reading this comment on a post, and it says Moms for Liberty is a far right group funded by dark money and designed to attack local school districts and school boards. This group is all about banning books, getting hate groups in the high schools, pushing vouchers and demonizing diversity and anything that is not aligned with Christian white nationalism. How do you respond to that?
1: Hogwash. We don't usually respond to that because it's nonsense. It's hogwash. Anyone that knows anything about us and what we're trying to do, every single statement you just read is false. Uh, Right out of the gate, when we launched in 2021, they started telling us that, There's no way two moms could start this. You must have billionaires behind you. We can't wait for your 990 to come out so we can prove you two are just grifters making six figures. And what they saw when our first year 990 came out is that we we made nothing. I mean, we put in 80 hours a week. We had nothing. We started here in this back bedroom in my house. $500 $500 in a box of t-shirts like what they saw was the truth but they're not going to go run with that out in you know out and in, in say oh well we pulled their 990 and they've been telling the truth you know they're not going to say that they just say that that we that we there's no way moms could have done this they couldn't have been this successful which is also infuriating by the way the other accusations look no one likes when the balance of power the people in power never like when the balance of power is upset Radical liberal ideology has been in control of public education for decades. Teachers unions have been in control of public education for decades. California, for example, this last election cycle, they put $2 million into school board elections, getting their people, members of the union, elected to school boards so they can negotiate with themselves on everything that has to do with public schools. Looks that way all across the country. Here comes Moms for Liberty. We get involved in school board races. Our chapters endorsed in 500 races and we took 275 of those seats. We flipped school boards to conservative leaning um, school boards in big cities like Miami and uh, Jacksonville and uh oh in south carolina charleston berkeley county we took six of the 10 seats or something like that it's just amazing what moms have gathered up and been able to do but you know what that scares people that have been in power they don't want to let go of power so what are they going to do they're going to mudsling and they're going to make stuff up and they're going to create lies and they're going to minimize and you know the work that we're doing and make fun of it and um you know we get threats every day i have to just delete 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 um we report them to law enforcement. It's it's a hard road, but it's worth it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely worth it. I mean, protecting our children is worth it. And we really appreciate everything you're doing. I understand the long hours, you know, it's building this podcast and building our group and working with uh, some moms from Moms for Liberty. I mean, those those ladies put in hours and hours and hours. I mean, I've talked to one in particular, we do a lot of research together here locally. And She'll work, uh, you know, 20 hours in a weekend on projects for you guys and for her kids.
1: Yeah, it's happening everywhere. We have 265 chapters in 43 states. and we did that in just under two years. And we didn't do that by we haven't ever gone anywhere and been like, please start a chapter. That's just people, moms frustrated Googling, what can I do about this garbage in my school? And Moms for Liberty pops up and they're like, oh, yeah, we can do that. And they run with it. You you know how your chapters work there. Like I have no say over what they're doing or saying, or you know, there's no control from the national. We just give them some structure, some tools, and some guidance and say, Go forth and fight this in your community.
0: And they're doing that. My mom used to say, No rest for the wicked and the righteous don't need it. We must be the righteous, she would say.
1: <laughs> Sounds like you had a smart mom.
0: She was awesome. <laughs> so Castle. People are so surprised. I mean, people that are in the know are not, but people that uh, they watch their marketing video and they see the wheel and they say, oh yeah, let's kumbaya, let's make our kids all great for society and kind people and good human beings, quote unquote, they don't really take the time to dig even any deeper into the website, the resources, who they're involved with, who they're backed by what's so wrong with castle, and why do we need to get it out of our school systems?
1: Yeah, I'd like to direct to anyone that's listening to go to our website, momsforliberty.org under resources, under parent resources for parents. And we have uh, a SEL guide that we've put out and it, it will explain in a little more detail than I can give you in a soundbite here what the concerns our problem is. It's it's the high level concern is, I mean, it, it sounds, sounds almost a little silly, but it's basically brainwashed Brainwashing our children. It's 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 playing with their emotions and their inherent empathy for others uh, to morph them into foot soldiers and into, you know, um activists and not for the things necessarily that their family wants them to be activists for. It's robbing them of the time in school that they should be learning math and reading and science and phonics and and the things that we send them to school for. And it's it's them working on their emotions to train them how they want them to react to things. And so you really do. I, I just recommend going to our, our resource guide that we built because it really lays it out. And, and at the end of it, if you're not, if your jaw's not like, oh, wow, I'm connecting all the dots, I would be very surprised.
0: I'll provide a link to that in the description, along with uh, RSVP for the event. I agree with you wholeheartedly. We could do three hours on Castle and on Paulo Freire and the critical turn in education and all those things. We've done our research, but I know your time's valuable, so we won't get into well, that. Well, it's
1: like, if you, do, you want to spend <laughs> a home. you could spend a week, honestly. Oh, and, yeah. and you probably need yeah. to pull in dr james lindsay if you really want to get into yes. to ferrari and all of uh all of the concerns there and what has been happening with public education literally for decades it's it, for decades but isn't it wonderful that we we now are connecting the dots and seeing because i just walk around people always are like why is this happen? how did this get here what is happening and when i was on the school board i saw stuff starting to come in like the 1619 project and things and I was like, this is wrong, but but why? Why is this happening? Who's bringing this stuff in? And, and now we understand that. And we just have to get a little bit better on some sound bites on how to make that easier to convey to other people.
0: For sure. And as far as school boards go, why is it that we have to legislate this stuff and that school boards aren't taking the responsibility for their districts? Because they really have the ultimate power in their districts. They can change the curriculum. They can change their policies but they're not even even some boards that have quote unquote conservatives on them are afraid to make those changes and then the parents speak out and now we're seeing all this legislation coming through that is you know direct result of parents standing up
1: i understand this problem very well because i have served on a conservative school board in a 60% easily red county county When you get elected to a school board, anywhere in this country, there's a state organization here in Florida. It's the Florida School Board Association. I'm guessing in Iowa, it's the Iowa School Board Association or something similar. And they are all underneath the National School Board Association, which we saw, uh, if you followed any of this over the last couple of years, they were in deep collusion with the biden administration with the doj with the fbi labeling parents as domestic terrorists so if you want to look to who the culprit of all of this is go back to the nsba and your state school board association and how that works and how they how oh it's so frustrating let me explain it to you you get elected a week later a big box comes in the mail with your stuff from the you know iowa school board association it's your indoctrination box basically and then you get they they you take taxpayer money and you go to their training and you sit there and what they do is they teach you you have no power they teach you that you really need to listen to the phds at your school district because they are the educators they teach you that you only have a voice as a whole as a school board that you don't get to speak individually ever you only get to speak as a school board and unified They'd strip you of your power, basically mentally um, straight out the gate, and they train you on what a school board member is. And it's all wrong. It's all wrong. They never talk about Uh, you're there to represent the people that that elected you they never talk about about that part of the job it's all about unity and working together in one voice and listening to the superintendent and then you look over how the superintendent and the educators have been trained and then you start getting into the james lindsay stuff because they have all come out of the schools of education they all have been trained through the paulo fury path of education and so uh, it's 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 really insidious when you see the big picture of how this has been working. And again, Moms for Liberty just turns that thing upside down on its head with the work we're doing by taking just ordinary parents, uh, keeping them, telling them, don't go to that training. When I served on the school board, I didn't even know all of this yet. I didn't quite understand it, but I went to one training from our state school board association and I was like, I'm never going back. I never paid dues there. I never took taxpayer money to go do that. Uh, and I'm not bragging about this. I'm just saying I saw it for what it was straight out of the gate. And so uh, it's it's just it's good now that all of America sees what it is straight out the gate and that we are teaching our school board members to stand strong. We send them to trainings like the Leadership Institute training, by the way, Um we're having the town hall. But that day Leadership Institute is coming with us and they are doing school board activism training. Uh, so on February 2nd and on February 3rd. And the link that you put up you, also has the links to both of those trainings. And Bridget Ziegler will be there, she was a school, She is a school board member in Sarasota, Florida, and she works for Leadership Institute, and she will train you. She will train former school or current school board members, future school board members to tell them you have the power, the people elected you with their vote, like you have the power to speak up, to vote against, to stand strong. And that's what we have to do for our school board members. I'll get off my soapbox on that. <laughs>
0: You're doing great. I mean, you answered like three of my questions all in sequence.
1: Oh, I have, I have so much (laughs) in my heart and in my mind about this from my experiences and from seeing it. uh, I just want to convey it to to every American that's concerned about what's happening in public education.
0: Well, thank you so much. I mean, it's invaluable what you're doing. We have some folks running for school board in our district and I'm going to hopefully I can get them to that training
1: one or the other there's there's two uh you know both would be great um we have a code if you uh, mom's liberty has a code for free training so i'm not sure how you can get that to your listeners we don't want to put it out to the public but i'll share it with you and if someone reaches out to you and would like to register for free for those let me know i'll give it to you and then you can you can give it out as needed
0: okay i'll do that so what's next for moms for liberty
1: that is a fabulous question uh one of the biggest things we're working on is a parental bill of rights in each state. Um, but for you guys in Iowa, you know, the question is for your chapters, what's next for Moms for Liberty? Because they do what needs to be done in Iowa. Uh, and I don't know what that is right now. Each state of uh, uh, chapters of Moms for Liberty is starting to form legislative committees where they get together as a state and, and look at bills that they want to support or bring ideas forward of bills they want to see sponsored. Um, that's what they're doing in Florida now. They just, I just went to, um, uh, South Carolina's legislative days where they had five bills that they were supporting at the Capitol and they had, you know, a big luncheon and, and then went and lobbied with their legislators. And so we're hoping that our I- Iowa chapters will, you know, the next session, that's going to be what they do too.
0: That stuff's important. We had a lunch and learn with 40 legislators last session and we brought five doctors to speak to them and it lasted two hours and it was very impactful.
1: Oh, good for you. Thank you for the work you're doing there. You know, all of these great groups, COVID was awful. You know, everything about it was a nightmare. But uh, we call it at Moms for Liberty, COVID Lemonade is what we did. We're making lemonade out of COVID. And it sounds like that's exactly what Iowans for Freedom has done. You know, you it opened people's eyes and you're using all of that bad uh, to engage people in civics and in their civic duty. And it's beautiful. So thank you.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. And Before we go, as we wrap up, the name of our podcast is The Freedom Factor, and it's myfreedomfactor.com. And I want to ask you, what is your freedom factor? What is the why that fuels you that helped you start this organization without all the dark money that was supposedly funding you, The, the late nights, the long weekends, the you know you're about ready to drop from being so tired and frazzled from all this stuff what is that why what is that fuel that keeps you going
1: i love that question and i can answer it so simply of course with three three or four sentences right simply but i lost my re-election to the school board in the fall of 2020 and i I was frustrated. Uh, I lost to, again, we're in a red county, I lost to a radical liberal woman who wanted force masking on children and ran on all these things that our community doesn't really support or represent. And so I was very um, perplexed by that process, but it led me to sit down and evaluate what's important to me. What do I believe in deeply? Uh, what do I want? What's my next step? What do I wanna do? And I, I took out a little little, Notebook like this, I have like ten of these, and I just I started listing out the things that were most important to me, and on that was my family, my children, obviously, uh, God was on there, uh, my faith, you know, it said God slash faith, and number three on there was the word liberty. I value that so deeply in my core and have since I was a young child. I, I can't really express it or explain it to the depths of my soul that that the word liberty. What, what it means to me. And so when I coupled that with my family, uh, my faith, uh, that's how Moms for Liberty was born. And that that's very, very simply put my why. If you wanted a story behind my why, you know, I served on a school board of 77,000 students when we shut schools and Florida only shut schools for three weeks or something. And, uh, you know, at the end of spring 2020, but even those three weeks, and we locked our children up over the summer, uh, just like most places. Uh, You know, sports were canceled, things were canceled, and I watched my uh, child, my youngest child who's still at home, struggle to degrees, I don't even want to talk about, severe contamination, OCD. And then I saw um, decisions being made, like trying to send him to a therapist and no one wanting to see him in person because they were afraid of the virus. And then trying to see him, um, you know, on Zoom while well, he's got severe depression and OCD and won't get in front of the screen, like you're going to see the concerns of my son through a screen? No. When we finally opened up and were able to get him into an office, they wanted him masked. And here he is talking to a therapist with a mask over his face. Like, like you can see his emotion and his expression. Like I saw society fall apart. I saw, I saw a speech therapists recommend masks on children as young as three and four years old. None of it made any sense. So my why is, is my, is my son and what I saw, what I saw happen, but my love for my country, my love for Liberty, my love for my family and for God is why I get up every day.
0: Wow. That's amazing. And you're going to find that when you come to Iowa, that you're going to be amongst your people because we are Liberty loving people. Mm,
1: That is music to my soul, (laughs) music to my soul. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah, so thank you so much. And thank you for sharing that with us. And everyone, you know, I'll put the link in the description. Please go and sign up. This is a really important event. We have some great legislators, representatives, senators on that panel. Governor Reynolds is going to be there and we're going to be there. I'll be there. You'll see me in the crowd when you find you are looking for where's Waldo. You'll find me. <laughs> so thank you so much, Tina. And thanks for joining us. Everyone have a blessed day. Until next time, our liberties we prize and our rights we will maintain.